0: gentlemen welcome back to the outpost podcast uh we're approaching lunchtime you know there's a there's a, a beautiful dappled sunlit meadow all around us uh some lovely chatter in the background i can see tents i can see survival activations i can see uh the merrill base camp kicking off in a big way
1: and there's a and, barbecue smell in the background that is starting to creep in and there's undertones of oh barbecue God, yeah, yeah.
0: floating through the air basically not basically an more. ideal situation yeah not bad um, my name is Red Rainey. I'm here to host and,
2: uh, and create the Outpost podcast in collaboration with The Creative. I'm, the, I'm Marcus Colombano. Um, I have a company called Pineapple. We're a creative studio based out of San Francisco. That's right. And I'm delighted to welcome to the table Mr.
0: Adam Vollmer of Faraday Bikes. If I understand correctly, you guys are part and actually a, you know, a high design contributing player of the e-bike revolution.
1: That's a that's a great introduction. Yeah, that is what we do. So, we're so Faraday is an electric bike brand also based out of San Francisco and we um, yeah, we design beautiful, purposeful bikes to uh, get more people riding e-bikes hopefully. We're trying to speed that revolution along.
0: Nice. I love that. Now, now let's bring it home and let's just get some crucial ground level understanding here. What is an e-bike and what 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 does Faraday create? Like why are your e-bikes so special?
1: Yeah. E-bike 101 is a great place to start because very few people have ridden or even heard of an e-bike, so this is like this is the perfect place to start. So, an e-bike is a is a bicycle uh, with a battery and a motor in it fundamentally, and that can take cool. a lot of different forms. Yeah, well. um, the kind of e-bike we make is called a pedal-assist e-bike, and that means basically that you have a sensor that uh, measures how hard you pedal. So you you have to pedal first and foremost. A yep. lot of people. Misunderstand that so or don't still realize that. It's
0: definitely a bicycle.
1: You ride it like a bike, uh, but you get this amazing kind of bionic amplification where the bike measures how hard you're working and then you can choose how much you want that amplified and, and it, it makes you feel great on a bike. Bionic so amplification. That's the technical term for it. The, uh, the less technical term is just like it just feels awesome. Brilliant. And your, and your bikes
0: are beautiful. I mean, they're, they're extremely designed forward I've, uh, I've heard some very, very positive reviews. I cannot wait to, to get on the side on myself.
1: I will have to make that happen. Yeah, so so we spun out of um, IDEO, a design firm. Um, and I think a lot of that uh, DNA is reflected in the, the brand design, uh, certainly the product design. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that kind of the, the, the fact that our bikes are very kind of designed forward came from the idea that like, we're fundamentally trying to get people to adopt something that's really new and really different, right? And um, I think we we came at it from the standpoint of if you can make a, a product that is that is just really compelling as a physical product, um, that can go a long way in kind of motivating people to do something that that they they may not do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a big big factor for our success.
0: Hey, I love that. It definitely is an amazing thing when you can take you know a uh, a fundamental tool that is so, you know, closely like, really such a household name and such a foundational element of, you know, people's enjoyment and, you know, literal transport around the world and turn it completely on its head and uh, and create a, you know, a new evolution of that mode of transport for so someone can, you know, like... Really like unlock a whole new level of you know terrain expanse. Like you can seriously get places without destroying yourself and breaking you know major sweat. And so like yeah, power to the people.
1: And it is this really great thing where I can tell you like all day long. If you ride an e bike, our e bike, any number of e bikes, like you'll have this experience where you will like you'll have more fun, have a big smile on your face. You will not get covered in sweat. You'll go further. And I can rattle these benefits off all day long. And you'll you'll say yes, yes, yes. Sounds great. But until you do it and ride it, like you just won't fully appreciate it. And it's like the kind of the most rewarding thing is like all day long, I get people coming back and they're like, Oh my God, you weren't kidding me. Like, it's just like, it's very gratifying to see people experience it, but you kind of have to like do it. You've got to try it to like get your head around that.
0: Yeah. Hey, I love it. Now I know that you guys have some deeper conversations coming up, uh, uh, at the at the panel session at the amphitheater later on today, mm-hmm. um, I'm certain that Marcus has some thought points and some topics that he'd love to test you on. Please, Marcus.
2: I'd love to just hear a little bit about what got you in to um, starting Faraday. What was your what drove you to like want to actually make a company? It's, it seems like a very hard task. It's a hardware company. It's about changing people's behavior. It, you must have some bigger vision for what you want to change, how you want to change the world that really drove you into such a hard business?
1: Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for not knowing exactly how hard it's going to be when you get into it. Right. So, <laughs> so a healthy, uh, you know, I'll be totally honest and say a healthy dash of naivety goes a long way. Nice. Um, and then you can, you learn along the way. Right. So, you know, you, you, it's good to not know what you don't know. Um, but no, I mean, th- th- you know, our, our mission is very tied to the origin story of Faraday. So when I was, I'm an engineer designer by background, I'm a, I'm a bike geek. I've always ridden bikes and kind of worked on them and tinkered on them, but I've never really worked in bikes per se. I've always been kind of a consumer design, product design kind of guy. Um, so when I was at IDEO, we had uh, an opportunity to design a bike for a bike contest um, with kind of the purpose of revolutionizing bikes and getting more people to ride bikes. So the premise was you know, the bike, the kind of big bike, is not designing bikes that are going to get transform our roads and turn us into Amsterdam for lack of a better you know idea and uh so we sort of set out to create that no intention of making a company no kind of entrepreneurial motivation it was just like a fun unhinged design project and so we got excited about electric it was this very very fringe thing that you would sort of see in the periphery of the trade shows and seemed like a neat idea we test rode a bunch of bikes that were kind of e-bikes on the market at the time they were terrible. They were big. They were heavy. There was nothing about the experience that I know of riding a bike, which is delightful and fun and liberating and great that translated into those projects, great works. products. And, um, and just as a design exercise, we were like, well, certainly we can do better. Like there, there's, there's gotta be a better embodiment of this product and that, uh, spawned kind of Faraday 0.0 the first bike we did. Um, that won that won that design contest and, um, Somewhere along the way, this this kind of side project had become this kind of all-consuming obsession for me, and um, I think the best side projects are the one that become like the you know the front and center projects, and that was that was Faraday. So um, left the IEO. tricky part
2: about your product is it doesn't look like an
1: electric bike. It doesn't. Yeah, and that's still like you know yes. that that was the beauty of it. This was man six years ago, seven years ago that we kind of built that first concept, and that still is like a wonderful and awesome differentiator of the bikes they don't look like bike. i'm a
2: a cyclist i commute um i have been in a position to cycle next to faraday bikes on the road and before you know that they're an electric bike you feel horrible because they're faster than you (laughs) and you're like oh my god they have so much power what what is going on here um yeah we we get more people than
1: i can like count who who you know end up buying a bike and they're like uh, yeah they're like, i finally got sick of being passed by your stupid bikes on the road like you know it was like the 12 times some like you know lovely old lady
2: blew by me on a bike and i finally exactly. i had to i had to pull the plunge yeah. exactly you mentioned faraday <laughs> faraday one of my role models yeah. Um, he, amazing, uh, amazing inventor. Amazing Talk story. to me a little bit about. I love that you know this. This yeah. is like the, a lot of, we, we
1: occasionally run into people who think that we're named after the character on the TV show Lost, which couldn't be, couldn't be <laughs> further, <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. So no, but, I mean, Michael Faraday, brief, like sort of science geek out history lesson, which I love to geek out. Um, and lay it on us. Yeah. British physicist, uh, basically self-taught. Uh, experimentalist, no real proper formal training in science, but just kind of had a brilliant, and curious mind and a great intuition for, for science and how the world works, and became kind of the for one of the great forefathers of kind of electro um, uh, physical and electromagnetism. Invented the battery. And invented the well, basically invented the modern electric motor. Yeah. So nice. that was that was a huge contribution yeah. of his. So yeah. it was a you know felt like a for a motorized product. I felt like a very kind of like oh. appropriate homage. And yeah. then um, it's got you know far in a day. It's got yeah. some yeah. fun little like double entendre. So I
2: always remember he invented the Leiden jar.
1: Which he the number of things he invented yeah, is, is, is uh, unbelievable I mean it's we, we actually we have a, a biography of uh, Michael Faraday that we keep like yeah. front and center at our office when you walk yeah. in so we we embrace that
2: geekiness. I think like, I mean you, you mentioned something that he wasn't a trained scientist he, he taught himself um, uh, the process and uh, he was an inventor but I think if you look back on the history of that time the the history of science was new the, yeah. pra- the practice of science was new yeah most good people in science taught themselves anyway and there was so
1: much curiosity right people were just kind right. of like trying to literally trying to figure out how the world worked and like what would happen if i you know take this wire and you know hook up a current to it and put a light bulb in it and put a cat in the room it's just like, you know what what would happen exactly and um he just sort of had that natural curiosity uh and an incredible intellect on top of that and you know, amazing things came out Well, I think of there's
2: a parallelism, uh, between you and Faraday. I'm, I'm, I'm and flattered. That's, that's, yeah. uh, well, but I, 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 won't I fully own I that. I think but. about it. I think that, you know, it's a new industry, right? And as just, as you were saying, is that the the e-bike industry is so new that it's untested. It's, un you know, people don't know necessarily what they're doing. They're experimenting a lot. Yeah. Um, it's you, been, it's spoke, you said it, you said that about your approach to it, and I think that's uh, that's where I see the parallel: is that you were willing to learn as much as you could to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really proud. I think we're not you know we're not the biggest company in the e-bike market, um, but I think the role that we've kind of had um, from kind of the early days of e-bikes in the U.S. to to today. Um, in like inspiring curiosity and just getting excited. You know, people may get into the market and they may learn about it through a Faraday, uh, And they may decide that we don't make the right bike for them. They might want a cargo bike to haul their kids or they may want to be able to go 30 miles an hour. They may want some other thing. But I think that we've kind of like inspired and excited a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, in addition to whatever kind of economic success we've had, I think that kind of like, whether you want to call it thought leadership or whatever it might be has been really rewarding. It's been fun Um, because it's been, I think, back to 2012 when we started the company. E-bikes were just literally not on the radar. I mean, it was like a non-event. I'd ride around San Francisco for a month and see maybe one or two, and they'd be weird homebrew, like batteries strapped to a (laughs) bike, terrifying contraptions. And now I see a half a dozen any day, anytime I roll out of the office on my bike, um, people are talking about e-bike share, and literally every person I've talked to here has said, oh, e-bikes, that's, that's blowing up, right? Which
2: is just like, to have come that far in such so a short amount of time is, is cool, it's very yeah, I cool. Th- but I think you're still, at this point, most of those bikes still look, as an af- look like an e-bike afterthought where everything is bolted on, and you're one of the few yeah. bike manufacturers that are, it's purpose-built.
1: Yeah, we started that way because at the time, you know, there was very little on the market to build an e-bike with. And we also had a very clear vision of what we wanted to do, which is to make a sort of, I'll say like a bike-like e-bike. And I think over time, more and more OEMs, more and more suppliers have come into the market. So actually the bar to make an e-bike has come quite down. Um, But I, I think unfortunately, the result of that also has been just a lot of, you know, some good and a lot of mediocre to bad product in the market because people are just literally like, throwing stuff on, on bikes exactly. so um and there you know there's plenty of really great product out there as well but i still think we're um we're quite unique in in like the actual look of our bikes and just just the way you know that we we design them 100 ourselves you know it's how we write our own code or our own firmware and the result of that ends up being something that's really really purpose-built and sort of tuned uh, that's great people.
2: now with all that being said, um, the product is good as the product is, but it's only as good as if people use it. Right. Yep. And how um, there are you know avid cyclists right now out of, who are more sports cyclists. There are the more traditional commuter cyclists who don't care about getting sweaty yep. on the way to work. Um, and then there's a whole market of people who are still taking public transportation, which is great. Yeah. Um, or they're driving. Yeah. Um, and how do you... Who is your market and... How are you educating them? How are you uh, helping inform the choices they have as for alternatives for transportation?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and it, you know, I if I had kind of my marketing guys here, they would um, they would struggle as much as I'm going to to give you a, a coherent answer. Um, I think one of the one of the really rewarding things about the kind of the e-bike world right now is just literally how diverse the market is. Um, in terms of the types of people who are like opting to, to buy, an eBay, I can get into it. Um, but it, frankly, from a marketing standpoint, is like really challenging too, because you don't. It's you, it's at this point not a big enough market to be able to say we're going to be the brand for uh, hipster millennials under thirty five in like Brooklyn and Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> you just like there, you know, there are there are like certainly brands here that probably make a product that can own that niche and shoes or socks or running or whatever they do. Um and I don't think you have that luxury in e-bikes. Um so broadly, you know, we have we have really two types of of consumers. We have folks who are really riding our bikes for recreation and fitness. Um those tend to be older customers. Um they're folks who maybe rode a bike young, earlier in life um and for different reasons have kind of fallen out of it and we're kind of bringing them back into cycling. Um my parents fit that bill. My mom has MS um, and has done like an amazing job of really like managing and coping with and, and triumphing over that over that condition. But she wouldn't be riding a bike if it weren't for having an electric bike. Nice. And like honestly, it is the coolest what feeling in the world to be able to like to be able to do that. I I I, I every time I see her on that bike, I, I I tear up a little bit. It's just it's great. It's so cool. So that that's <clears throat> that's a big part of the market and a really rewarding part of it. And then we have folks who are you know they're. More of the kind of urban commuter that you might think about, as you think about the transportation side of e-bikes, um, and those are folks who are folks who are taking their kids to school, riding to work, riding in a more urban environment. Um, so, really broadly, like those two categories of folks are kind of define the market for us.
2: That's great. Yeah. What do you see are the the biggest challenges um, um, for getting people on an e-bike? <laughs> and yeah, are they dissimilar to getting people just on a bike? Um, I'll say
1: yes and no. So, so, so the one that is similar, um, that, that pervades everything to do with cycling in the U S is infrastructure. So the biggest barrier far and away is that most people think that you're crazy to ride a bike in, in a city street or any street for that matter. um, and that—that's um, a really understandable perception. I think that, that because, when, is that because urban planning is not designed for bike,
0: pedestrian, or bike commuter. Or?
1: Yeah, we're like you—you're really lucky to live in the U.S. in a city that actually has good quality right. bike infrastructure and lanes. Right? It's a jungle out there. It's a jungle out there, and and it makes a world of difference to ride. You know, I think that where where the kind of perception versus reality comes in is like you—you you can in fact ride in most of the U.S safely on a bike, right? We have, we, have a, we have a mistaken perception in the US that cars are these like immaculately safe vehicles. They are not, right? Um, so bike, bikes are actually like remarkably safe and fantastic. But you have to like, you have to take a leap to kind of get over that initial fear. I remember back to being, you know, fresh out of school, uh, moving back to Portland where I'm from and riding a bike in the city for the first time and being like absolutely petrified, <laughs> right? Where is you now I will like hop into like the worst, traffic in San Francisco and ride a bike and not think twice about it you really have to kind of like get over that whereas when you have good quality bike lanes like we're getting in a lot of cities now thanks to really great bike advocacy work Mm. you just don't have to be as terrified right and like nobody you know if you had to like worry that you were going to like have an adverse reaction and die of gut poisoning every time you drank kombucha kombucha probably would not be nearly as popular as it is right unfortunately like we have a product where we really have to wrestle with that fear. So great infrastructure goes a long way for bikes, e-bikes, any kind of product. Um,
2: just to underscore, kombucha is safe. But kombucha <laughs> is safe, yeah. It's safe and delicious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so delicious. It is fantastic. I just learned how to make it. I'm going to go home and do it at home. I'm quite excited about it. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm really interested to hear you say because, you know, I have my own experience in that respect. I'm an avid cyclist. During a season... As a bike messenger in Boston on the Chrome Industries team, I was doored at full speed on oh my on Commonwealth Avenue. So right? scary! And and like and you know, but bikes are a big part of my life. But yeah. goodness gracious me, like that scarred me deep. Like I now I no longer trust car doors. Yep. Right, and there's no bike lane.
1: Yep. And and it's the kind of thing that like you don't when you get into riding a bike, like nobody's there to kinda tell you that you should actually like your inclination might be to ride closer to those parked cars because they're not moving as opposed to the ones who are kind of driving along, but as you know, yeah. you want to give them a pretty wide margin of safety because those doors <laughs> just fly open. So, <laughs> so there's, there's a lot just to kind of, like, you know, educate and inform people. But really, at, at the end of the day, ideally, we want the kind of, like, infrastructure that we're beginning to get in San Francisco now where you just don't have to think about it because you have a separated lane that's safe. And you can you want to be in a place where you can have, like, any old person who doesn't really want to risk their life riding a bike comfortably hop on, you know, the Huffy in their garage and ride to work and just not be afraid about it so Mm -hmm. that's a really big you know that's beginning to happen in the us and that's great um and then where e-bikes are going to differ from bikes are just awareness so again it's been really fun walking around here at outpost telling everyone what i do where i'm from no one here has ridden an e-bike people might be aware of it they've you know they've been able to have a test ride on the vintage bikes over here which is great um but i'm just like a non-stop evangelist uh for e-bikes because for the most part, it is a completely new category for most people. So, you know, it's hard selling a product that no one is remotely aware of. Um, but there are some really great upsides in that. You get to hopefully have the opportunity to give somebody a pretty fantastic and amazing experience for the first time. Um, and that can be a really great brand moment to open their eyes. It's a really cool thing. Yeah, delight. Like, like I love delight. Everyone loves it. So if, if the first time that you can like fly down the street at twenty miles an hour without breaking a sweat can be on a Faraday, like that is going to be seared in your head is like a, just a fantastic experience. So um, it, that's that's the fun part is, is yeah. being able to be kind of the messenger of delight.
2: So. It seems there's a parallel be- uh, that you between what you told us about your mom, yeah, and giving her the ability to do something she loves and make mm. give her mobility. Yeah, that's a sense of delight. That's yeah. a sense of empowerment. And um, and for a lot of folks yeah. like my mom, too, like, you know, we,
1: we rode a bike as a kid, or, right. you know, back in the day in you know, the suburbs when it was safe and there were cars around, and we were on, you know, that Schwinn cruiser. Right. And so not only is there delight, there's a sense of kind of like rediscovery, I think, right, a lot yeah. of times for people. And which legacy. Is, and legacy, which is amazing, yeah. right? Like, to get somebody back into something that, like, literally evokes, like, this kind of childlike joy um, is yeah it's awesome it's like riding a bike it's like riding riding a bike you don't forget about it there's a reason yeah exactly so yeah that's that's the i think i think that i will certainly say this i know anyone on my team will say this and i suspect anyone working in e-bikes will say this like the thing that makes it the reason we do it right is is the people who ride our bikes like it, it is literally we have these armies of folks out there who have like had transformative experiences where they're able to, like, leave their cars behind, sell their cars. We have a customer who, uh, this is, like, the coolest story in the world, like, uh, was, a, was a horseback rider in Southern California, had a fall, had a back injury, couldn't ride a horse anymore, devastated him. This was, like, his love and his life, and um, he uh, kind of, like, put two and two together that riding an e-bike would be the closest thing to the exhilaration of riding a horse uh, that he could. So we bought one of our bikes. Loved it so much that he, A, sold his truck, uh, became just like an e-bike guy, like, for, you know, cool. dedicated. And then actually rode it so much. And because his pedal assist got so much exercise, he rehabilitated himself to be able to back to be able to ride a horse again. Me. And it's just, like, like, stuff like that, you can't, you can't make up stories like that. It's I hear yeah. these things, and I'm like, did that really happen? Like yeah, that's amazing. So that stuff, you know, we, we, we
2: get one of those every day. And it it's goes great. above and beyond just selling a bike.
1: Oh, You're yeah. actually
2: making people's lives amazing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds corny to say, honestly, but like it really,
1: it really, um, yeah, you get these moments where you realize that and it's great. It's great. Fantastic.
0: I'm scouting for a pilot.
1: I was going to say, yeah, Can't find lots okay. going on out right here. <clears throat>
0: um, and you guys are based in San Francisco. Yep. Right. So I can come by the Faraday house.
1: You can swing by the out. office. Like, you're, you're, is, there,
0: is there? Do you have any bricks and mortar? Like, where can I walk in? Where can I find your bikes?
1: Yeah. So you're always welcome to stop by the shop. It's going to be a mess. We don't really have kind of a consumer facing w- workshop. Workshop. workshop yeah. As opposed to retail, shop. it's very much a cool. workshop. Yeah, I love. Um, it, but nonetheless, people find us, and it's actually it's great. People like coming off the street, or we get a lot of people visiting who are like, oh, "We just you wanted to come see you." So we're like on the tourist map apparently now, nice. which is fun. Um, right, but awesome. but by and large, we we have great dealers. Um, so we sell online. Uh, that's that's definitely a, a meaningful part of our business. But really, the, mm. the, the bulk of our of our business is through great bike shops. Um, so we have a handful in San Francisco, um, East Bay, and elsewhere, all over the country, really. Um, and that really kind of like speaks to the fact that this is a very new product. Um, people aren't terribly comfortable just sort of like taking a flyer and, and buying sight and scene online. They want to go in, try it, ride sure. it. Yeah kind of understand what it's all about get the size right pick the color all that stuff so retail is a really big part of that for us fantastic right on
0: and uh, and let me ask you this to close um um You know, Faraday obviously in a lot of ways has a responsibility now, you know, you guys are, you're on the map, right, you're pushing the envelope and you're really kind of, uh, you know, bringing about a little bit of a revolution in a very positive way. What's the goal? Is it to get uh, the contiguous United States on e-bikes,
1: you know, and get people out there and exploring, breathing fresh air? What's the, what's the North Star for you guys? I, for me, the North Star is is honestly so. I'm gonna I'm gonna use an analogy here, and then that hopefully we'll ground it. So right now, in in a lot of Europe, um, uh, Germany, uh, and Holland, you have as high as one out of three or one out of four bikes uh, being sold are electric. Wow! It, it is literally it's like huge. become ubiquitous, and we're like one in hundred in the U S. right now.
0: How's the, I mean, in in other ways, I understand that the U S. is so far behind banking. You know, like we literally just got. Pin codes, let alone contactless payments yeah. in the United States, was hilarious. But like, come on, e-bikes! Like, there's so much ground to cover here. Like-
1: so my kind of like, so so to answer your question, so yeah, I I I want I want that in the U.S. I want e-bikes cool. to be a ubiquitous phenomena. That like, when I ask you like, what do you think about e-bikes, your answer is not what's an e-bike. It's like. Here's the top three that I like. Here's the last two that I own. Here's the next one yeah. I want to buy. Right, like phenomenal. And 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 what's going to come from that is not just a lot more e bike sales. It's going to be happier, fitter, more well people, uh, who are more connected to their cities and cities that are less congested and better places to live.
2: So well, like, sand. that that is going to be transformative when that yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, Love it. I think that Europe has inherently a larger congestion problem with smaller streets. It's been a um, a situation where scooters. Opeds and scooters have been a primary form of transportation, and those have actually not been developed as much because of the push to not have uh, uh, petrol-driven vehicles, and so e-bikes have a much easier uh, replacement because people are used to riding out in the open. Well, if, you, if you're used to riding a bike, which in
1: Europe you absolutely, well, many parts of Europe, like yeah. not in general, it's too much, many parts of, of Northern Europe especially, um, you're used to riding a bike as a primary transit tool. If you come along and say, hey, you ride your bike every day, that's great, good on you. What if I put a motor on that and made it like infinitely more fun and easy to ride? It's a no-brainer. Yeah, right? So it's 1,000 euros more, great, why not? Yeah. Like where we're in the U.S. is we're a step behind that, right? Yeah. So, so in Europe, you can have that conversation and say e-bike, it's a no-brainer you should do it now let's talk about which is the right one for you in the u.s we're 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 a step back we're still at the point where we're trying to convince people that a bike should be that transportation tool as opposed to a car um and so that that explains i think a lot of why we don't have that same level because we're like we're a couple behavior change steps back Mm -hmm. but i think it's you know people ask all the time like what what is is e-bike share is uber are these things like or do we compete with this and i really think that like transportation is being disrupted right now people are realizing that they can get around on one wheels they can get around on uber they can get around on a lift you can just not own a car uh in a lot of the us or be a be a one car family right you have the choice okay. you have a choice and i think I, I think of it as this kind of like all la cart menu where people can now sort of be like oh i'll try one of these and one of those and that for six months and um so it's really this ecosystem thing for me where as that happens like, not everybody, but some fraction of folks are going to realize that an e-bike is, like, a ridiculously affordable, fun, yeah. super practical way to add to that mix. So, so Adam Adam Vomer, the
0: the artistic flag bearer of the e-bike revolution, <laughs> you know, doing your part to, uh, to put, um, you know, clean transport on the streets and bring the understanding forward of the people of the United States. Thanks so much for doing your work. Thank you. Thank
2: you for coming. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's great. Love it.